So welcome to the Do More Good podcast, season three. All good things come in threes, don't they, Kenny? Of course they do. Three musketeers, little pigs, triangles, your degree. <laughs> we should probably know what we're doing by now, right? You'd think so. There are times you have to step away from that and do the bigger, scarier, crunchier, harder work because it pays off in the end. Making sure that the senior people from that organisation get involved with the partnership. It's not scary. The worst thing that can happen is that someone can go, bloody hell, that was a bit of a cock-up. Do I've had a few folk not from Scotland that have said to me, I didn't know you could do that with bagpipes. <laughs> I think the, the message is... Do more good. Yay! Here we are, James, episode number 31 of the Do More Good podcast. How are we doing? Kenneth, I'm excited. Oh, that's I'm good excited. I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. We have an amazing guest on. Uh, and after this, we've been taken out for dinner. We are. We are going out for dinner as a result of this podcast. I know. So a hundred odd hours. We were just talking about <laughs> how many hours we've spent together. A hundred hours of editing. Finally. It's paid off. Finally, it's all worth it for this Finally, dinner. we get a free networking dinner. Yeah. Thank you exactly. very much to exactly. our guest's employee. employer. Well, indeed. I don't know what, you, what you're going for. What are you thinking? I'm thinking like prawn cocktail. Um, Hopefully, Big Mac fries. You go large on that? Yeah, go yeah. large. Milkshake. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So how's your week been? Good. Um, yeah. As we've said, I think we've said for the last couple of episodes, we've been really busy at the moment. Mm. But it's nice to kind of see you face to face because it's I been know. a little while. So I know. And we good. recorded our, well, we did our first Skype, I know, Skype recording session. We broke our Didn't golden really rule. Didn't really work that well, did it? Did you listen back? Well, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was an amazing content. <laughs> amazing content. But yeah, the bit where we, we cut back to you guys being live was nice. Yeah, yeah. it was it was better. But yeah. yeah, it was great to see that episode go out, actually. Thanks again to Richard's, um, Richard's Fed for coming on. And yeah. it's got some nice comments and feedback from it. And it's just getting busy at the moment. It seems to be contact people contacting us from from all over the place. I know, which, and none, you know. So far, none of them have invited us out for dinner. So that no. is the way to get yourself <laughs> on. <laughs> that is exactly yeah. the way to yeah. get yourself on. But no. How has your week been? Yeah, it's it's been okay. Yeah, busy, busy as normal. Enjoying this drizzly weather, isn't it dire? It's been miserable. Huh? It's awful. I was going to have my all these great intentions at the start of the week. Have one of your decking. Oh my, my, oh my ex- exactly. Uh, decking update isn't progressing very well. But yeah, it's been it's been pretty dire. I was meant to get on the bike this week, trying to get a bit more fitness, get to cycle to the station, but it's just been put off. Uh, so, but yeah. yeah. But no, other than that, I'm, I'm I'm all good. I'm all good. Looking forward to today's guest. So, hmm. shall we crack on? Without further ado. Yeah. Without further ado. So, today we're going to talk to a fellow podcaster, a philanthropy specialist, about their journey into the sector and how they came to develop an industry-leading podcast focused on answering that important question of what really do donors want? So, our guest this week, she started her career in New York after a fine art degree from New York University, and she held a variety of roles in the non-profit world, working across communications and major gifts fundraising. She started in the arts at the Metropolitan Opera, then moved across to jazz at Lincoln Center, and later transitioned to human rights-based fundraising at Housing Works. And Housing Works is actually one of America's largest HIV-AIDS service organization that's on a mission to end AIDS and homelessness in New York. So after all that, in late 2016, she then made the switch across the pond to join IG Advisors, a social impact strategy and management consultancy focusing on philanthropy, corporate impact and fundraising advice. 
As of September, she now works between IG and its digital sister company, Lightful, to manage the many projects that sit between them. And soon after joining the IG team, her love and passion for the art shone through as she created the hugely successful What Donors Want podcast in June 2017, which gives its listeners that unique perspective of hearing directly from the donor on how charities and not-for-profits can best engage with them. It's a really is a fantastic listen. I think I first listened about 18 months ago, probably one of the first episodes and it covers really some fantastic topics actually with a large dose of fun thrown stop, in for stop good listening measure. to this one go and I listen know. to that one exactly yeah. we will link to it in the show notes yeah. so we're really delighted to welcome Rachel Stevenson chef to the DMG podcast how are you doing I'm good thank you so much for that amazing introduction I know it was a long one wasn't it I'm sorry <laughs> you can hire him out he does interviews for you he'll announce you at various events yeah Oh, Good it's an rate. honor to be here, truly. No, Thank you we so really much appreciate for having me on the show. No problem at all. Really appreciate you coming along, giving up your time to come along. And after just having that pre conversation about how successful your podcast oh. is, oh. we're hoping that we, we were, can we learn were seriously fanboying <laughs> on it, weren't we? we were the numbers were impressive. Wow. We were yeah. seriously fanboying oh it. It's yeah. mutual, it really is. <laughs> it so, is. Rachel, thank yeah. you, as we say, for joining us. We're really pleased to have you here. Can we start from the beginning? I mean, the Do More Good podcast, mm-hmm. I guess, is about sharing people's stories about how they got to where they are and, and hopefully giving people who are listening some insight that they can kind of take away and apply to their, to their own lives and, and careers. But just at a starting point, what, how does one go from being brought up in Canada, <laughs> completing a fine arts degree in New York, to then setting up a successful podcast in London just a few years later? Yeah, well, it's it's an interesting question because when you when you phrase it like that, it sounds really off piece, you know. Like I have a degree in musical theater, and now here I am working in philanthropy. But actually, when I look back, it's pretty logical the kind of flow of how I got here. So, but it, it's an interesting one. So to take it back, so I'm from Toronto originally. I'm a Canadian, um, but I went to school in New York. I went to NYU. I studied musical theater at Tisch School of the Arts. I had always wanted to study theater, wanted to be on Broadway. I was completely that theater nerd kid all the stereotypes I completely and proudly fulfill them proudly most of the time but I think it's interesting I went to Tisch thinking you know I don't want to be a starving artist as most people you know would would agree with but then I quickly realized that oh I don't even want to be a successful artist that was one of the first lessons that I learned there that's the route that we're taking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we don't want this to be a success. We're, we're, no. we're succeeding by having lower numbers than, than you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, no, it's but it was so interesting. It was a real turning point for me. It was just like it's, the performance lifestyle is not the one for me. I'm mm. far too structured a person. <laughs> I like my paychecks every month. I like yeah. my holiday time, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so I um, I switched into theater production. Mm-hmm which then quickly became a kind of euphemism for fundraising in a way, which okay. I didn't really expect. But it, it, it's so integral to the process and, and kind of outcome of theatre production. So I ended up kind of switching my major focus over into that. And then it was one summer, it was after my sophomore year, I needed an internship. And I thought, well, you know, I, I'm in the arts, I'm in New York, I wanted to stay in the city for the summer. So I was, uh, I was just looking at, you know, I sent my resume to a million and one arts organizations mm-hmm. across the city. And the only one that got back to me was the Met Opera. So they called me in for an interview. Oh, rubbish. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Really slumming it I know, I know. It's, uh, I got pretty lucky with that, with that call. But I went in for the interview and they said, you know, where, where do you want to work? You know, it's obviously, it's a huge organization. And they said, they asked me what my preference was. And I said, just put me somewhere where I'm going to have, you know, the most to do. I want to learn the most. So where am I going to roll up my sleeves and, and where do you need the most support? And they said development. Okay. And at the time... 
kind of embarrassed to admit this looking back on it now, but I didn't know what that meant. I thought it was developing operas uh -huh. or, you know, <laughs> like the development of the creative form or something, working with a director. But now, obviously, I know that development is another euphemism for fundraising and that fundraising departments all over the world are called anything but fundraising, or right. at least most of the good ones. Um, so I ended up accidentally falling into a fundraising department. Mm. But I quite like that approach, though, to just say, yeah, I reckon development sounds good. Yeah, I like, can do that. Yeah, I'm like, not going to ask any questions. Things. Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I mean, it's such a broad term. We'll work it out when I get there. Yeah. Oh, nice. But they said, you know, they, they, it was a great team. I'd have a lot to do development. So I show up on my first day. I, I then figured out that it was fundraising. And I thought, sure, you know, mm. not really sure what that means. And I had, I must say, it was like, it was a turning point in my life. I had the best experience that mm. I could have ever, ever, ever asked for from a first kind of foray into an office world. I had an amazing, amazing boss, a woman named Sarah Ahn, who's still a very dear friend of mine. Um, and she, it was such a small team with such a big fundraising goal. It was the membership team. So it's slightly more on the individual giving side of, mm. of kind of direct mail acquisition, but it, it's the Met. So it's gifts kind of up to the $3,000 range. So it's mm. still significant. Yeah. Um, but she just taught me everything, everything I knew. She was so supportive. We were a tight-knit team. I was there. I ended up staying there for two years, mm. um, pretty much working full-time. And it, it was so hands-on because it was so small. And I certainly mm. got to pay my dues and stuffing envelopes and all the <laughs> stuff that one does. But it was, it was a great learning experience. And I, I really fell in love with fundraising, particularly in the arts, because the office and, and the fundraising department was made of performers who wanted more structure wow. in their lives. Mm. Right? It was exactly what I was craving. It was kind of type A, highly academic, intellectual people who had maybe studied opera or dance or some kind of creative form, but they wanted, uh, they were more interested in the, in the administrative side of the profession. So I ended up loving it. And then as they say, one job, you know, the best way to get a job is to have another job. Yeah. So that just led kind of a, a trickle effect of suddenly winding up working in fundraising for a long time. So I stayed in the Lincoln Center family, moved to Jazz at Lincoln Center because it's still, it's the same umbrella organization. In Jazz, I worked in major gifts, so that was mm. a little bit different from the Met. It was less direct mail. It was more high value relationship building. Worked on a capital campaign. It was really interesting as well, in addition to the annual campaign. Um, and, and I really loved it. It was a really, really hands-on, like, full-on splash into the world of... Lots of, of fun, I can imagine. Of, exactly. Lots of, of, fun. of yeah. cultivating and stewarding ultra-high-net-worth individuals from, you know, under the Lincoln Center brand. So it was a really... I feel really lucky to have had that kind of exposure and experience so early on. It was, it's kind of similar to Carlos, for, for those of you who have listened to his <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, we had a very similar background, actually. We went to the same school and then had that same ah, kind of first. Okay. He was at NYU as well. Yeah. Um, can I just ask you a question there? Yeah. Sorry, just because I, I don't yeah. think we've ever had anyone, had anyone on the show from an arts kind of fundraising background. And I'm, yeah. I'm just interested just to delve into that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. What makes a, a good arts fundraiser? How, mm. how do they kind of connect with, with donors? I mean, I'm, I'm sure the principles are the same as, yeah. as with every fundraiser, but it just... I guess not having experienced myself, I'm interested yeah. if you can just talk a little bit more about what, sure. what that's like. It's definitely a unique world. I would say, okay. I mean, the kind of fundamentals of major gifts fundraising are relatively the same across yeah. cause areas, but there are some specific differences with arts. And one is, is the kind of proposition, right? Because a, a lot, especially opera and, and, and jazz at Lincoln Center to some degree, they're such... Um, almost elitist to some way. Jazz a little bit less so. There's definitely a civil rights um, history to the art form, which makes it have more of a social impact mission kind of ingrained in, in what it is. But especially with opera, it's, it, it's considered a very elite art form. Mm. And so raising money and figuring out how to craft that messaging 
towards you know funding something like the Met Opera, which is so such a well-oiled machine in many respects. So it's kind of it's really tricky to get to to make the messaging right. Mm. Um, and then donors also expect a lot in return because you have this product. You know, there's right. there's it's a little bit. <laughs> a little bit more transactional because it can be. You know, you can offer seats to, so, yeah. you know, whatever show or um, their names are in the playbill or especially with like, capital spaces because there's at Lincoln Center is such a New York institution and it's mm. such a, you know, well-visited space by millions of people around the world. Have a capital gift and with kind of a naming opportunity is a very different proposition to perhaps a capital gift, you know, in, wow. in a different kind of charity and yeah. in a different kind of neighborhood. So yeah, I would say the biggest difference I w- that I've experienced is around messaging and how do you how do you sell the arts when it's not saving people's lives, yeah. so to speak. You know, it's not rescuing you know people. Or it's not a homeless shelter. It's it's kind of it, it's about thriving, not surviving, as they say. Yeah, that's so a good good way of putting it. Yeah, it takes a bit of a different angle. And so, what led to what led what led you over here then from yeah. from that? So going back to your story. Yeah, yeah. So after jazz, I then worked for Housing Works, which is, um, as you mentioned, it's an amazing charity. I really, I was actually kind of keen to get out of the arts mm-hmm. a little bit. I okay. found that I was more and more interested in fundraising for human rights based work, and so Housing mm-hmm. Works is just the dreamiest charity. They have an amazing team. Uh, actually, my manager from the Met ended up, uh, she leads the fundraising department there. So that's how that right. switch happened. And I ended up working with her and her team. It was great. I really loved it. And from there, so then the, the story of how I came over <laughs> across the pond, is it still kind of blows my mind. I feel really lucky um, to, to be able to say these kinds of things. But essentially... I knew that I wanted to live in London. I had a bit of a, you know, just a kind of fascination with, with this side of the pond. And I'd done a bit of traveling and I came here for two days. And I thought, oh my God, this is totally a city for So me. I'm going to ask you a typical question yeah. here. What was, which movie was it that yeah. kind of sold you the <laughs> London dream? Because looking out of that I window know, at the moment, I'm I know. sure it didn't look anything like that. It did like not. That. It, is, it is sad in London this week. Notting Hill? That well, was no, it? well, I actually didn't see Notting Hill until I moved here. Oh, really? But Alicia, Carlos's wife, said that that was the movie that <laughs> made her move to London. Oh God, what was mine? Maybe I mean, Love Actually is such a typical response, yeah, but I'm not going to lie. I would be lying if I didn't mention no, that that's one. Fine. Um, I don't know, Parent Trap. <laughs> Back in the classic, day, classic, classic, classic. Yeah. classic. That's Watch definitely a big one. You know, when she gets on the plane and uh, there she goes as playing, and yeah. then she's in the black cab. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very formative scene for me. Okay. So I think it was a bit of that. But I came here literally for two days and thought, you know what? Maybe one day, hypothetically, in the future, mm-hmm. I might want to move here. But I know not a single person in the city. So I go on Google and LinkedIn and I search London fundraising, and oh just you know do I know anyone am I connected the answer is no mm. um, I didn't know anyone but who did come up is Alicia Miranda okay who is now uh, the chief executive yeah, yeah. IG slash Carlos's wife who mm-hmm. I'm sure you heard uh, a lot about in his episode and I just looked at her LinkedIn profile and I was immediately impressed there's no way not to be she's amazing amazing and phenomenal um, and I wrote her a cold email it was August I was in London for two days and I sent her an email saying, hey, I really respect your career. I really aspire to the things you've accomplished. I'm considering moving to London, X, Y, Z. These are the things I really like about you. I got a bit specific. And then I said, can I take you for a coffee and can I apply for a role at your firm? And it turned into a job three weeks later. Wow. And I ended up moving within the month. That's a great story. Did you have to get her any tickets for the opera? (laughs) 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 Just swing some old connections. That's amazing. It was 
it's just one of the most serendipitous things that's ever happened that's to me. It really turns cool. out IG was looking for someone. Yeah. It was just right place, right time. Yeah. She said it was like the best cold I'm email. I'm seizing the moment. Received. You're here. Right, let's and go for a coffee. it was August. Like no one answers a cold email ever, let alone no, in August. because everyone's on holiday, exactly. right? Exactly. And, um, and then it just so happened I was in Berlin and so I flew over here just like spontaneously for an in-person interview. I think there's, a, I think there's definitely a, a, a lesson in there, right? Yeah. Of, oh, about I think just so. being tenacious and, and totally. seeing that. You know, totally. if, if anyone's listening and has that organization yep. that they really want to work for, yep. mm-hmm. send them an email totally. and just find the. Per- I did that and myself and it didn't work. It <laughs> <laughs> didn't that, always work. I've done that like 15 and times. It's never worked. There's I a huge time. Um, resilient yeah. about that and keep oh, going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 16. Yeah. 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 No, Until I emailed you, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a huge element of luck. And I, yeah. I really, really, I'm so grateful to have been in that right place at the right time. Yeah. But at the same time, like you, you have to put yourself out there. Yeah. And I think one of the things that Alicia always says really stuck out to her about the way that I reached out, which just for anyone who's listening and wants to write a cold email, is that I bolded some key sentences in my email. Really? I was like, I respect and aspire to your career. Can I take you for a coffee? Brilliant. These are the following dates. Oh, I'll okay, be in London. So these, if you only take two lines yeah, from this, exactly. I was like, I need to make this as yeah. easy and as quick for yeah. her to understand and read. And yeah. she said, like, that was the thing. I knew that you knew how to how to communicate and that you knew how to fundraise. So where did that come from? How did you? Why were you that person that would send that email? Was that from your <laughs> fundraising background? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a bit. Because you have to be a bit yeah, of that as yes. a fundraiser, yeah, right? Oh, you have sure. to kind of put yourself for out sure. there. You, you have, have to be a good communicator. Go. You have to be yeah. good with people, and you also have to be a good written communicator. Yeah. And you have to get people who have no time to understand what you need immediately. Yeah. And clearly, so hundred percent, that is it's really good training. But yeah, I think I was just in one of those areas of life where I was just wanted to do something new, and I was mm. feeling a bit bold, and I had just done a bit of traveling. I was working remotely as a grant writer. A bit drunk? Um, <laughs> a few drinks? No, I wasn't. It was like 11 a.m. at a cafe. A bit drunk? In, uh, a few drinks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly. I was completely yeah. wasted, um, <laughs> as I am now. I mean, honestly, like it is, it is one of the things I most And how long ago for. was that then, sorry? Did you that say? would have been... In I would have reached out to her in August 2016, mm-hmm. and then okay. I by October I had started my job here. Wow! So it was the end of August um, that I came, or no, September 10th. I had mm-hmm. my interview, wow. um, and I got the call later that day saying, "Sure, come work for us." What was w- the interview like? It was, it was great. It was, it was <laughs> intense. It was, was it? when I started at IG. It was, it was still a very small knit team. So it uh-huh. was Carlos, Alicia, um, and Juliet, the three founders, and then it was Emily. And myself. So it was it was a very it was a small team, so I had sit downs one on ones with all of them. I had a one on one with Carlos where he grilled me. Yeah, I can imagine oh, yeah. Carlos being a bit intense yeah. in oh that my room. God. <laughs> yeah, he's very uh, but it was great and yeah, he, yeah. like he was very direct and American and yeah. it, we had such a like a shared dialogue and yeah, language yeah, yeah, in that yeah. way that I knew I would be able to work well with him. Yeah. And yeah. So you, you've now been there for a few years. What does yeah. what does your day look like now? How, uh, yeah. So you've got your podcast obviously that you're working on and what else what is. else are you with? I know this is a really cliche answer, but it really is different every day, I think. Okay. And, and I, that has never been truer than since I've joined the kind of Miranda empire of, of companies. And, and the one other thing to mention is that now, as of September, I work also with Lightful, um, which is the, the host of your dinner tonight. But it's, it's one of IG's sister companies. So it's a, it's a family of three sister companies, all founded mm. by Carlos. And Lightful is the kind of digital, full-service, creative technology company um, that works a lot with IG clients as well. So there's a lot of crossover between the two. So I actually split my time now. Um, I'm there. It really depends on the week, but we have a lot of projects that um, where, where the clients are similar and the kind of the outcomes are similar. So a typical day or week is 
quite a few meetings. Not as many as Carlos. He, he's mm. the kind of 20, coffee machine. 20 coffees, I know, 20 20 coffees, coffees a week. week. I know. 20 lunches yeah. a week. Yeah. 20 lunches <laughs> <Yeah>. a week. <laughs> yeah. So I'm definitely not at, at that kind of level because I also do a lot of client work. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is a lot of coffees, usually one or two a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of workshops or meetings, you know, kind of client front facing engagement, that kind of stuff. And then a bit of client work sometimes, but usually that I block out a full day to get things done okay. on that front. Um, I work from the life office as well. I've got a desk there and, and kind of sit between the two. Sometimes I also go to the social misfits office. Um, which is in Tottenham Court Road, yeah. so it's it's very uh, I'm kind of bouncing around the city a lot. It's, it's like laptop in the backpack and off Wi-Fi connections, yeah. and and off we go. But it's it's a really varied job, which I really like. And also, there's the the projects we work on always usually have a beginning, middle, and end, so it's very satisfying, and you can kind of move between phases of the work. So tell us yeah. about the email that you wrote to Carlos when you came up, or where the idea for the podcast came from. Ah, I mean, yes. And, and feel yeah. free to take all of the credit that you <laughs> want for this. Like, <laughs> he was giving, he was giving he was, you the credit. I yeah, know. he was okay, giving you the credit. That is very so. kind of him. Yeah. But I must but say, it is, it's a team effort. Um, and I'm, I'm really not just saying that. So it's, okay, the podcast. It came from the first Strategy Away Day that I ever went to at IG, where we had to do a competitor analysis, actually, and kind of look at the scope of what other, um, what other kind of firms or just kind of social impact organizations were offering. And I noticed that there were a lot of podcasts. So I came to the table, and we were doing a rapid-fire brainstorm, and I said, what about a podcast? Um, and I, kinda, I think I proposed a, a few different topics we could do it on. And all of a sudden, everyone kind of perked up because it's, you know, it's kind of kind of trendy right so yes yeah. it is <laughs> as we all say very funny you just, you, just, you just throw them up there James will just bat them away yes it is yeah we're dragging we're dragging the cool level down yeah. oh yeah. not at all not at all but it's de- you know it's kind of the the medium du jour so there's yeah. definitely an element of kind of swagger yeah, well I was going to uh, say on, the, on yeah. that point why, yeah. why audio why podcasts yeah because it is the medium du jour you're right yes. yeah what is it about podcasts yeah yeah it's quite it's quite intimate. You're, totally. you're catching people on maybe on their commutes totally. or when they're at home yeah. cooking or whatever. Yeah, um, I think it's intimate both between the podcaster and the listener. Just as you say, like you're, you know, you're in their ears. <laughs> that yeah. sounds strange, but mm. you're, you know, it's a very kind of one-on-one listener relationship. Mm. But it's also intimate between the people that you speak to on the podcast because really it's a medium for conversations. I mean, I know that some people do them differently and. Uh, but the way that it's most popular and effective is when it's authentic, kind of no frills, not overly produced conversations and kind of breaking down a, a brand maybe or something that's a little bit intimidating or maybe one dimensional, making it three dimensional, making it human. So, I mean, I think that's exactly what we need for a resource like what donors want and why podcasting was the right medium for that, because it's all about breaking down the facade and the kind of mystery behind donors and what they want and just having really frank conversations about how they want to be fundraised from. Mm. So it immediately caught on in that yeah. in that Oh, yeah, from that, that strategy meeting. Like, I mean, it was a one-day strategy away day. At the end oh, of that day, it. it was like, when's the next episode? Uh, go. Like, yeah. there was no question that it was going to happen. So... I, you know, first there was kind of a, a refining of what the purpose and the mission of the podcast was. Mm. And <coughs> yeah, we've done that. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember our strategy day. <laughs> oh, we did have yep. our str- strategy day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know, you know, Sorry. all the, a lot mm. of post-its, all yeah, that, all yeah, that good. good stuff. Good. Um, I think that, I mean, mm. your mission and your brand, I think is phenomenal. So oh, strategy you. day or no strategy day, <laughs> you've nailed it. So, yeah, kind of doing a bit of a identity mm. situation with the podcast. Who are we? What do we want to do with it? Mm. 
it came pretty quickly. I mean, the whole idea is that IG is a firm. Um, for those of you who don't know, the whole idea is that it's a strategy and management consultancy advising on both sides of the kind of philanthropy fundraising table. So we do philanthropy advice, we do corporate impact advice with donors, and we help mm. them give away their resources in impactful, mm. strategic ways. But then we work with fundraisers and we give fundraising advice not fundraising on behalf of anyone, but doing kind of strategic development and mentoring and coaching and all those kinds of elements. So we're in this unique position in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's no power dynamic. We're not asking for money from any yeah. of the donors. We're just the, the kind of the, the conduit or the, the translator, the facilitator, the therapist, or you know, whatever word you want to use. Um, so we knew we had the access and we knew in, in the research that we were doing for it, we, we were kind of you know researching what other kind of fundraising or social good podcasts mm. were out there. And, and there are a lot of really great fundraising resources, but we didn't find any where the perspective of the donor was actually being fully centered and, yeah. and exclusively centered in the advice that was being given. Yeah. Sometimes there'd be some quotes or, you know, references to a report or a research study, but we never found direct and honest conversations. Mm. And so we thought, hey, we can do this because we were in the middle of this table. It's beneficial to both sides of our proverbial table I know I, I keep using that word but I think it's a good way to look at it and so the identity came pretty quickly and, and what we bill it on um, or on the tin we bill it as kind of our series of fresh dynamic and slightly irreverent conversations <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about like fundraising and philanthropy <coughs> with donors themselves and the whole objective is to give fundraisers and social enterprise professionals philanthropy professionals fundraising advice but exclusively from the donors perspective yeah. and to just be a kind of a conduit and a platform for that kind of conversation and it just aligns so well with yeah. your like it, it sounds like your email you were describing earlier, <laughs> almost the stars aligned again mm -hmm. with this, with this suggestion. Totally. Actually thinking about what your organization does, what totally. it represents. Yeah. Is, if there's anyone listening who's thinking, you know, maybe they've had an idea about a podcast yeah. or they think that their organization could benefit. I guess, firstly, what would you advise them to, to do if they're yes. thinking about it? Yeah. And also, secondly, if you can talk a little bit about how you got it out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, how yeah. do you get the listeners? Yeah. Okay. So first, how do you go about doing it? Mm. It is. It's actually a lot simpler than people might think. I, and I'm curious to get your take don't, on this as well. Don't, don't ruin the illusion. <laughs> well, we, start, we, started, we started with an iPhone. Remember those? Yeah. We were almost sitting within kissing distance, yeah. like both yeah. speaking. In I, thought, I thought it was all just a ruse. <laughs> yeah. I honestly He's not even recording this. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's relatively straightforward. Yeah, it, it is. It really is relatively simple. But I think a really mm. crucial first step is doing that research and mm. understanding the identity of like yeah. why right there's so many podcasts out there mm. and it's even more and more now i mean we started it almost two years ago now mm. or two years ago um mm. and even now two years later it's still it's incredibly oversaturated as a space yeah. Yeah. so i would say if anyone's thinking about doing it just make sure that you understand why someone would listen or you know if you're going to put the investment because it does take a lot of time and thought and energy and stuff mm. stuff like that so figuring out what your niche is and it can be really simple you know mm. having conversations about doing more good that mm. are you know you, that it's simple but it's amazing and it mm. works mm. so definitely getting that identity piece right first and doing research to understand you know who your competitors or maybe partners are yeah always good to collaborate then the next step is just to get some equipment in the door yeah so um i, I mean you need a mic so uh, there's yeah. some amazing mics here that we're that we're using <laughs> at the moment i'm actually going to take a Should tip a from these guys yeah, a bit of mic envy <laughs> when we I'm walked totally in. i know i'm having complete <laughs> mic envy there are a lot of options out there yeah, yeah i yeah. use a blue snowball mic from amazon i mean when we first started this it was really an experiment mm -hmm. um which is really fun i think that's kind of the beauty of working at a startup or a, a boutique yeah, consultancy yeah, yeah. where it's you can experiment right it's like just make it happen mm. which 
I love. I love how creative my job is. I find it so much more creative than I than I ever felt <coughs> fundraising in a creative institution. You touched on that earlier about projects that you have a beginning, a middle, and an yeah, end. Yeah. So rather than just going through the same things yeah. all the time and never quite reaching yeah. the conclusion of those. Yeah you're finding with your job and, and with the podcast totally. as well that you, you are creating something seeing it through yeah, done yeah. move on to the next one and even if it's not about a creative topic like opera or jazz or theatre it's still way more of a creative process than I ever found fundraising yeah. for those kinds of causes so okay. I, I'm, I'm very drawn to this kind of work and I feel so giddy and lucky that I get to do a podcast as part of it That's um, yeah so okay so when you going back to how you create it so you get some sort of equipment in the door and mm. really all you need I mean if you're going to just do it bare bones just get a, a mic. Yeah. Um, we do most of our conversations remotely, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of free podcasting software that people can use in case you don't have three mics like you guys do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, mm-hmm. It makes it easy to record remote conversations, especially if your guests are in different countries. So we use Zencaster for anyone who's looking for a good tool. It's completely free. It's really good because it records um, separately from each laptop and then uploads it into a cloud for insurance. So it's, mm-hmm. it makes me feel very <laughs> secure like, rather than, you know, having <coughs> guests delete it by accident or something like that. I was going to say, this is when we just check. Oh, yeah. have we pressed record? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, we have pressed record. But exactly. So you just kind of get your ducks in a row about the uh, logistics. So you need a mic. You need, I use a pop filter. Um, which is, I think that this is um, already built onto your yeah. mics, but just kind of a, it's like a little shield that helps prevent the aspiration to from ruining the sound quality. So the T's and the P's. So always and worried about the aspiration yeah. of the sound filter. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly talking about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. you can't aspirate too much, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then um, getting it out there. How, d- how, then, how yeah. did you launch and it? Then, how yeah, so... Okay, my rule of thumb with podcasting is okay. done is better than perfect. Nice. I am a perfectionist as a person. It's something I'm working on for sure. But you, you know, you can edit till the cows come home. You can produce it till the cows come home. You can invest a lot of money in it. Yeah. Or you can just, you know, get your purpose right. Yeah. Get a microphone and go. Yeah. And just refine as you're going. I, I met actually with a charity recently, just I think last week, who's considering launching a podcast, and they were asking me these all these same questions. Mm. And they said that they were planning on recording their first season all at once and mm. then releasing it in one go. And my advice was actually to not do that, to do, you know, maybe one to three episodes at the beginning because you want feedback and you want to be able to refine iteratively and you want to be able to engage with your listeners. And that's how you build a loyal listening community, right, is is responding to their comments and tweeting at them and letting them know how they can contact you and then actually taking their advice when they let you know how they think you can improve your podcast. So Now, can I just put James on the spot now? Just one minute. James, what bit of advice or feedback have you implemented on the Do More Good podcast? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't, uh, Has like, this ever happened before, folks? I He's like speechless. feedback. <laughs> Whether I agree with the feedback or not yeah. is a different is a different <laughs> matter. A fully different conversation. Yeah. No, you're right. You're yeah, right, though. Like, but at least acknowledge it. You know, mean, to, to have a dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's important. Yeah. It's an important community building tool. So definitely not you know not rushing and just mm. doing it, doing it, putting it out there. Um, when we started What Donors Want, you know, it, it, we were thinking, like, is this going to be the tree that falls mm. in the forest that no one hears? And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, you know, But then it's the beauty of it. If you fail, no one knows. So Yeah, you know, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, if no one's listening, then, yeah. then, then no one knows. Exactly. So the stakes actually aren't that high. Yeah. More or less, of course, it depends on who you're interviewing and you want to give them a lovely experience. Yeah. The f- and after the first episode, you've spent two hours after at an award ceremony telling everybody that you're going to release a podcast. <laughs> yes, <that was> <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. I think that's what we did on ours. But I, I do I do like what you say about just kind of putting it out there because yeah. I think there was a there was totally. a certain point of like yeah. I still think now that someone's gonna come and tell us like 
guys, just stop doing that. It's rubbish. Oh, and it's kind I feel of that, that way you know, all the time. It's that insecurities, isn't it? it you, comes don't, down you don't read totally. our feedback, do you? you I, I do read our feedback, definitely. But you know what I'm always saying to you? <laughs> oh, they do, do they? <laughs> they normally just don't tag me in that one and just tag you, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's probably it. But yeah, I always <laughs> say to James, like even after listening back and recording, yeah. I'm like... James, I was I was terrible. There. Like, oh no, I'm always like that. I, well, I hate great. listening yeah. to my voice. Yeah. Oh my god, it's terrible. the worst thing. It's terrible. It's the worst. Someone I else also listen hate to listening to, to Kenneth's voice. Oh my goodness! I think you should have a stand-up comedy podcast. Oh, don't! <laughs> I'm don't, sure you, I'm not don't. the person. Yeah, maybe that could be a new show. What, <laughs> could, what could we call that one? Any, any names yeah. come to mind? Oh god, that, that that's a brainstorming session now. Don't give up the day job. Don't give up the day job. Exactly. Anyway, where are we? Yeah, sorry, off on a tangent. So, yeah, so you're talking about getting it out there. Getting it out there. Yeah, so getting it out there. So just go for it. Like, Mm. you know, and you will hate the sound Mm. of your own voice. That is Mm. the one common thing I've heard from every podcaster. It's gross. You know, just let it go. Show it to someone that you trust and get them to sign off, you know. That's always a good thing to do and make sure that it, it runs together. And you can you can edit for rhythm and flow, but there's a certain point when you just need to, you know, yeah. release it into the world and, and then go from there. So I would say when it comes to your first episode, just do it. Just try it mm. and then get feedback. Ask for it, you know, from people that you trust, listeners, and then mm. just keep going and, and kind of refining. I mean, I... Every podcast that I know and love, when you listen to their first episode that they've ever published, it's mm. very different yeah. than the episodes that you're probably listening to now. And that's yeah. true of what donors want. The first yeah, one, yeah. I'm you know horrified by the sound quality, and we don't have the same intro quote. It's just it's a bit different, right? But yeah. it's okay. And and actually, one of our, the first guests we had has, has been you know the result for her. She said she walks into meetings now all over the world, <laughs> and people recognize her from people this podcast. And that's she's amazing. she's been so um, <laughs> excited to be part of it. So. I would definitely say also start maybe with a bit of lower stakes. Maybe someone, yeah. you know, if you're interviewing, usually that's the kind of format podcast take. But, you know, whomever you're speaking to, making sure that they're kind of in the friends and family yeah, zone yeah, yeah. so that if you do forget to press record or, or something like that. And just a bit, little bit more of a serious question. Yeah. How <coughs> What's the value in it for your organization, do you think? Yeah. In, in terms of giving you the free time, and mm-hmm. I know you probably spend hours in doing this, <laughs> but, you know, if, if there is someone listening to this yeah. and thinking this would be great for their organization yeah. and they've heard you just describe yeah. the process and thinking, oh, well, I could do that. I've got an idea. Mm-hmm. I've got the value that it can bring to an organization. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about what it's meant to IG yeah. advisors? Or yeah, or absolutely. I think, I mean, there's there's oh, been huge value for IG. And, and it definitely, as I said, it started as this experiment. Mm. But it quickly, more or less, uh, proved itself to have some legs. And now, now that it has kind of proven itself, I'm able to dedicate more time to it, which is really cool. Um, but for sure, I mean, there's kind of a... a, a brand element to it a, a positioning element rather and it's good for business development um, but you know at the beginning it was still we had to start from zero listeners and, mm. and grow it so the 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 benefit kind of grew over time and, and still very much is but it's really I mean from IG's perspective it's great um, to be able to have a resource for the sector that's free that any organization can access um, that was something that was really important to us you know as a mission based firm and we realized not everyone can afford a consultant and and kind of having that benefit. It, it also enables us to do a lot of events. We do a lot of live recordings and just to build relationships in the sector. It's, you know, it's a great business development tool, but it mm. wasn't necessarily... It's very authentic, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of building relationships, yeah. um, 
the intimacy of it, and totally. but, and also it's very difficult to fake a podcast, isn't it? So yeah. um, you would talk in your own tone of tone of voice, and yeah. people understand that. And yeah, yeah. And, so, and I think that's a big. I think that's a benefit for any organization, company, yeah. wh- whomever, brand, whatever you are. Podcasts create a human face yeah. behind your mission. It does for IG. I mean, it just kind of paints the picture of who we are. We're completely silly. We love Beyonce. <laughs> we love coffee. I mean, Do people now email <laughs> Carlos say, Carlos, I don't really want to meet you. Can I meet Rachel, please? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> um, no, but but, but you're right though. Like yeah. it, it get, the people get to know your yeah, personality. People get totally. to know who you are. Totally, and I think are, for a consulting firm, I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of yeah. consulting firms out there. But we really yeah, pride ourselves on having a bit of personality. And, and I'm not a biggest, a bigger, yeah. a bigger, uh, you know, social media advocate. I, it's social media I find a little bit. Yeah. challenging I mean I do it obviously yeah. and you know Twitter yeah. and, and LinkedIn and it's been great to kind of promote the podcast but I don't feel like I ever really put my true self into so it's, it's too yeah. thought and about it's, and it's also yeah. it's like, it's does that make sense yeah, it does that makes perfect sense it you know. is. Yeah. but it this is, is just the conversation about, and it's also like in stone you know it's out, it's in writing yeah but yeah. this is on audio yeah, yeah, it's probably worse it's <laughs> That's true, but I think people have a lot of um, patience for podcasts. Maybe, so, yeah. Uh, well, think, they must do, yeah. Yeah, and it's you know it's authentic, and I've seen a lot of brands do it, or kind of high-profile people who just mm. want to be a human being and mm. just want to have a frank conversation. And so mm. it just breaks down those barriers, and that's oh, you know for whatever organization that is always good for for their brand, for their fundraising, for whatever kind of purpose that they yeah. want to create a podcast for. But and advertising through, uh, or sponsoring yeah. of podcasts and advertising yeah. through podcasts is going through yeah. the roof. Ru- I mean, for everyone apart from <laughs> us, <laughs> it seems. Um, the big money offers are always welcome in it the is. Do More Good inbox. Yep. Oh, yes. But um, um, for us too. if the advertisers yes. are going for it, then there's yeah. got to be something there. That yeah. Just attention, the money, isn't it? I think totally, that's what it is. Yeah. It's people's attention. People's yeah. yeah. I've been to a lot of sponsorship work, wor- um, workshops rather in mm. uh, in London, just, you know, how to create a podcast, how to mm. get your podcast sponsored. Yeah. So I've heard a lot of talks about it. And I think... We, need to, we need to go on. <laughs> <of that>. You <laughs> went to one, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I'm doing good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, there's definitely, for the big podcast, there's a commercial element, of course. Yeah, I mean, course. even though we have a lot of listeners, we're still in, you know, a kind of a niche fundraising space. I wouldn't say it's the most commercial commercially viable space <coughs> for a, yeah. you know, a brand yeah, to we're not, sponsor. We're not too true crime here. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, like Casper, Casper Mattress is not, you know, going to have any reason <laughs> to <laughs> advertise on what donors MailChimp. Want. I want MailChimp. MailChimp yeah. or like Blue Apron. I hear a lot. You know, yeah. They're like subscription yeah. food service. But that's like, funny because we can all name yeah. advertisers yeah. from yeah. podcasts. Totally. They have gone in. There is a market for that, but it is not, I mean, the people who listen to our podcast are listening because they want money. <laughs> you know, there's kind of an implication that they, I mean. Do you know that it, though? Well. People might be listening to it because they enjoy the sound of uh, your voice. Uh, well, or well joke, of course. You know, or the, I mean, I'm quite surprised <laughs> sometimes. Not people listen to us for you, Kenneth. <laughs> well, that's yeah. when I do this slow <laughs> voice. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you have to, you, know, you gotta drop into the lower register. Yeah, that one will go uh, in the comments. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, like I've been speaking to friends and stuff about it, and yeah. it's amazing when you, and I mean, obviously they know you personally and made they've listened, but then some people say to you, oh, I've, I've been listening to the show, and uh, they've got nothing to do with fundraising, got nothing to do with philanthropy That's or true. the charity sector and yeah. they just listen and they just enjoy a conversation because yeah. there's something quite nice of sometimes just listening to people kind of having fun talking about a topic yeah. that you don't really know yeah. or understand so i think what surprised mm. us is how many donors are listening to the really? show yeah because it's not made for them right it's yeah. made for fundraisers yeah. from the donor's perspective and you know obviously this the um, kind of analytics don't tell you who the people mm. are that are subscribing but we have been contacted by a few of our clients and just kind of general foundations you've said oh it's good to hear the kind of questions that fundraisers want to know or 
you know, we do a lot of work similar to this foundation that you interviewed, so it was interesting to hear about how they grant, you know, what their reporting requirements are, things like that. So it's cool. It's that, there's been a bit of surprises on that front. That's pretty and yeah. talking of donors, how do you find your guests? And who are your favourites? Oh your favourite guests? Oh, oh no. Putting you on the spot. <laughs> like. yeah. Yeah. Why don't you flip that back to us and then we have Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to flip that back, back to, to you. James. And there Go are on. only two correct answers oh, yeah, to, exactly. you, to this Rachel question. Carlos. Yeah, yeah, Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, He's paying good. for dinner tonight. So oh, yeah. Yeah, big fan of Carlos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, we, I don't know how we find them, really. What, finding guests and kind of engaging them, it's a little, yeah, it's a it's a bit about people contacting us mm-hmm. and yeah. just thinking about yeah. if stuff comes up, then I think the more it grows more as well. I'm sure you guys yeah. are seeing this. The more it grows, the more attention you seem to get, or at least people are hearing it. You hope and and kind of contacting yeah. and people sharing it. And we totally. actually need to give a shout at this point to uh, one of our former guests, uh, Rob Woods, who seems to he's he's a trainer, coach. Um, fundraising expert gives lots of talks mm. and has been talking about the podcast so people yeah. have come to us and contacted us Amazing. saying you know he's been talking about it so yeah. you know that kind of network seems yeah. to do it and if he's still listening yeah. you'll hear that it's a tree in the woods yeah. <laughs> yeah. Test. but yeah but you yeah. had quite a few great i mean some yeah, high profile guests and we've had a really and what we really wanted is to have a range of guests so mm. a, a whole bunch of different kinds of donors mm. so we've, yeah, we've, we've had a really amazing bunch so it's everything from the Gates Foundation to Hewlett and Rockefeller and Novo um, it's an amazing bunch we've had DLA Piper the company we're about to interview Walmart Foundation we've had Barclays Private Bank we've had a bunch I of I have heard of all of these people I know I want to make sure I'm not missing anyone we, ha- we, ha- um, oh, we had a great interview with Oxfam and then Recently, the last episode, we um, yeah, I Mm. loved that one, and and then I think one of my favorite ones. I know I can't pick favorites, and I I actually have genuinely enjoyed all of them. I think they've all been really different. Mm. Um, But the the one that we did recently was interviewing the author of Decolonizing Wealth. Okay, he's a man by the name of Edgar Villanueva, and he's very. um, How did you say that on the podcast with and get it right first time? (laughs) (laughs) The pressure. (laughs) You do the intro. No, you do the intro. (laughs) I'd be (laughs) spitting everywhere. Sorry, can you say that again? (laughs) It's a great name, Edgar Villanueva. He's amazing. Honestly, everyone should go and Google him. Everyone should read his book. Mm. He did the keynote speech at Skull this year, and he's Mm. written this book about how to decolonize the world of philanthropy. It's very akin to Winners Take All. It's like of the, you know, kind of conversations of the of the moment in Zeitgeist about how to, you know, how to ethically fundraise and how do we hold kind of philanthropy accountable and in our social good work. So I really, really liked that episode. It was really fun. I got to sit down with him in his New York office. And oh, nice. It was great. And then one of my other favorites is, is the live recordings that we do. Yeah. So we did one with DLA Piper at their office, which was incredibly cool. It was like this amazing view, huge window over St. Paul's and uh, with, with their head of responsible business. And then we did a live recording at the hospital club with the Siegel yeah. Family Foundation, which was so much fun. It was like hundred fundraisers in the room it was we had Britney mics as we always say like yeah. the, you know the kind of <laughs> headset mics made us feel very fancy um, oh. and then the Siegel Family Foundation has been an amazing amazing guest and partner of ours so they've actually signed on to be one of our sponsors oh. for the season we've got an exclusive um, yeah for the, for the last <laughs> for the latter half of the season um, so we're, we're really 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 excited about that and really grateful to them can I ask you how you find the interview process like how have you honed your interview skills or oh have you God. done anything with that that's a good question, and it's something I'm still working on, to be mm. honest. I think, I mean, we do an interview guide, so we, you know, we kind of list out the structure and the format and the kind of questions, although we always, you know, kind of veer through them and let it be fluid, and we send it to the donor in advance, Yeah. make sure that they kind of sign off on everything. Um, but the actual interview style is, 
I mean, I think it's important to keep it conversational and to let tangents happen if they're relevant, but to also make sure that the advice, you know, kind of comes back to the central mission of the podcast, because Mm -hmm. if it goes too off piece, then it's, you know, it it won't be useful for listeners. So we always try and kind of gently direct as as appropriate to where the the outcome that the podcast needs to be um, ended on. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure there's too much method beyond that. It's just no. listening, being genuine and authentic, asking clarification questions, being a bit silly in our speed round. Yeah, James has got that one down to a T. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> your speed rounds. I'm a bit terrified oh, yeah. of that. Speed yeah. Round. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I know. Yeah. I'm think, I need to actually think of new questions for it, I think, because we, 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 I mean, we'll we... just throw in different ones that yeah. I'm not prepared for. Well, well yeah, because we don't, we don't share those questions with them okay. in advance because we want to, you know, uh, make, it, uh, mm. make it real. So, yeah, I mean, just taking a deep just breath, making yourself. them feel comfortable too. But okay. it's, I mean, interviewing is actually a very unique skill that I would... You know, yeah, like I think continue developing I think myself. I'm interested in kind of we've yeah. said we've spoken about it, haven't we? Because mm-hmm. I think I mean James is absolutely exceptional. At it. I mean, you know, <laughs> I no, but we were talking about it the yeah. other day and said because you want to get better at this, right? You totally. want to continue to improve. You want to try totally. and do things. Well, I thought better. Um, yeah. um, Richard made a really good point a couple of episodes ago where he was talking about mentoring and he said it's yes. not in, entirely altruistic yeah. that there is an element of this where you and I get to sit in a room mm-hmm. with amazing guests and we get mm. to you know they take us out dinner and. You know, but we get to speak to these guys and pick their brains on stuff. So we're gain- we're developing from it and mm. we're learning from it. So anyone out there who is thinking about this, they get yeah. to know their supporters better or they mm-hmm. get to, I don't know if it's a healthcare charity, they get to find out more about the medical side of things or um, there's definite stuff that you also benefit from by, by doing it. Mm-hmm. What, sitting down and talking to some, Just, yeah. Yeah, getting... A, Totally. The Gates Foundation I in a room. You're going to learn a vast yeah. amount in that hour. Yeah. That was an amazing episode. It was yeah. so cool to be able to demystify, you know, the largest foundation in the world, which mm. which can mm. intimidate so many people, and and, yeah. and rightfully so. But I mean, the staff um, or the the people we spoke to were amazing. We 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 love them to death. And I mean, your passion really comes fr- comes across <laughs> from it, doesn't it? I mean, you can <laughs> ask, yeah, that's you that's can a, tell that you love case, it. And I think you, and I really I, do. Yeah. I really love it. It was so it was so cool to get you know to go from the nitty gritty of mm. what works in a grant proposal up to the more strategic questions of you know uh, uh, positioning and what's the biggest mistake you can make and how mm. should fundraisers approach you and then also ask what Spice Girl would you be? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Th- the range of questions that we get to ask them is so fun and I think it's so important. You know, I, it's not just for the kind of sake of asking what Spice Girl you would be. It's it's to promote the idea that donors are people. You'd be yeah. Ginger Spice. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would totally you be Ginger, ginger Spice. I can yeah, see, I can spice. see, I can see him spice. thinking yeah. about what that would one. You? Uh, old Spice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> We're moving on. Um, yeah. go on where'd you, go where'd go you see it going? Where do you want to take it? Yeah. Ooh, What's next? Okay. What's the hope so for the future? Yes, the future. So we're in season two now. We're on episode 15. Uh, recording episode 15 right now. So we're definitely going to finish season two. And we're, we've got a, all the donors lined up through the end of the year, really. So that's really exciting. It's a really cool range of people. We're still going to do the traditional, you know, foundations or individual donors and, and ask them what they want. And it, it won't go too off-piece, but we're also interviewing some kind of thought leaders and, yeah. uh, you know, intermediaries. So we had Edgar on the show. We had Barclays. We're about to interview a, um, a philanthropy advisor to a very, very A-list celebrity. I think Carlos yes, was talking about that. We've yeah. been on Tentahooks since yeah, then. I know. I don't want to. I'm going to just, can't, can't. you know, I need to publish it first before I say. James, get rid of the ginger ale. Yeah, we're <laughs> 
You can tell us off there. Exactly. We'll put it in the show notes. But that's going to be a really cool one. I am yeah. so excited. So we, we want to just kind of expand the universe of what we consider donor yeah. and kind of make sure that we're including perspectives of all the people that fundraisers need to cultivate in the yeah. ecosystem. And then from there, I mean, there's going to be a season three. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're now actually needing to book for season three because it, there's just, you know, based on the, the kind of scheduling of, of editing and recording and all that stuff. So have you thought about video? Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a good question. We do so many interviews remote because the, yeah. a lot of our guests are around the world. Mm. So I don't think that would work for everyone. But no. we do. We want to do more live recordings. And yeah. we have, um, we're going to do a live recording at the IOF convention. Yeah. We have another live recording that we actually just confirmed today. Brilliant. I had a meeting about it. So we want to do more live events and maybe some videos. You know, mm. that might be... Because we need to find a way to use Kenneth's yeah. good looks. Right, we've got we to get them out. You were posting photos the other day from us <laughs> chatting on Skype. Yeah. Just like a very handsome man. We've got to, yes. we've got to utilize that as much as we can. I love the video. <laughs> I'm going to go to New York, actually, and do a recording with the Siegel, fam- uh, oh. Siegel Family Foundation. That's in good. September at one of their AGMs. Are you, I'm, I'm free. We should be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm really yes. excited for that one. It's going to be, we're going to do kind of a panel discussion with some of their wow. partner donors. So it's going to get a little bit broader and, and you know, the, the definition of donor will expand, but we're also going to keep true to the mission and just yeah. you know keep going until we feel it maybe has you know, it can't go on forever or maybe no. it can't. But well. um, but we also have other ideas for different podcasts. Oh so gosh! Oh gosh! Stay tuned. Okay. <coughs> yeah. well, look, I think we can probably. I mean, I was just looking at how long we've been going for. I mean, yeah. I'm a big. Uh, a big fan of the Joe Rogan podcast and they go on for like three, three and a half hours mm-hmm. and you just get immersed in that conversation. So yeah. here's my question to you. Yeah. If you could have one guest on the What Donors Want podcast, <gasps> oh anybody in the world, who would it be? Ooh, is, is this person going to be from question. musical theatre? <gasps> well... You've given her, a, you've planted a seed. I now. don't want to say too much, but there, there's, there's some plans for some, uh, some musical theatre. Okay. Guests already in the in the pipeline. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because my instinct is to say some sort of A-list celebrity. Yeah. But what actually ends up happening, uh, uh, from our experience and, and from what we know, a lot of the celebrities don't actually manage their own philanthropy. Mm. They're not the ones reading the pro- the proposals yeah, or yeah, meeting yeah. with the charities. You know, they might donate a bit of their time, or mm. but it's their ecosystem that are actually the ones you need to fundraise from. Mm. So I'm not actually sure. You know, it'd have to be the right kind of A-list. Is there any humanitarian or anything like that? I mean, ooh, yeah. You know, you I mean, I think I, it would, I think it would be great to get like a, a Bill Gates on the show. What? I mean, yeah. I mean, that is like that's a dream. Bill, or a, or a if Melinda. you're listening, <laughs> yeah. a Melinda. Yeah, you know, yeah, so to kind of to continue the idea of demystifying the most kind yes. of prolific yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know highly raised and, and revered donors. That's I mean, amazing. he is the one, right? So, okay. so what I you need to do when cool. you get home, if you yeah. can just go home and stop yes. writing an email, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make with, the bold. S- with the bold, <laughs> make some things on bold. Bill. You know, coffee, couple of dates, yeah. you're in. Exactly. That's it. We'll get it. We'll it's get it. It's all right. about the bold. <laughs> that is the biggest piece of advice I can give anyone. Yeah, it's be just bold. Bold your emails. Be bold. Makes That's good. Easier. Bill Gates. Who would yours be, James? Well, I get to chat to him every couple of weeks, Kenneth. <laughs> 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 yours would be. Oh, it's a hard one, isn't it? It is a yeah, tough one. A Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Get her on. Naval Ravikant. Has anyone come across him? He's like a modern day philosopher type guy. Yeah. And he was just, and, and the conversation was like three hours long. And some of the things you like, it's one of those things where you're driving along and then you kind of suddenly realize you're at your destination yeah. and you've got there, but you've just been immersed mm-hmm. in the conversation, which can't be healthy <laughs> or safe <laughs> because you don't understand how you've got from A to B, yeah. but yeah. you've made it there. Yeah. But 
someone like that, just a real deep thinker, yeah. but he was such a deep thinker. We would be so out of our depth. Oh, I would be completely out of my depth. <laughs> yeah. The reason he was so good is he could translate into quite lay terms. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's so, so key. Exactly. Yeah. He was talking totally. about like, the meaning of life, and he broke down yeah. how he got to talk about yeah. the meaning mm. of life and how yeah. he could answer that question, but he, I, <laughs> I'm not intelligent enough to say how he answered it yeah but when i listen to it it, <laughs> it makes sense <laughs> if that makes sense yeah, yeah. It's like okay. a malcolm gladwell i love his podcast yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. someone like yeah. that who was yeah. it who uh, and any other favorite podcasts out there i love ted radio hour do you i find that to be really snappy and oh, a really good way to learn about different topics and then i'd actually say one of my favorite podcasts it's kind of completely actually off piste of anything that i do it's called where should we begin it's by esther perel Okay. It's a, it's so interesting. It's live recorded one-time couples counseling sessions where wow. you get to listen in and she's she's an amazing amazing relationship therapist. Can it we go on that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That sounds presumably they have they you know oh, yeah, they've signed off on oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that, no, that for sure. They, yeah. Um but wow. they ch- you know they don't say So do they, you then have opinions on on uh, Whatever it is that they're discussing, do you take a do you take a kind side? Of, but it's just fascinating. It's like mm. it's such a, like a, an intimate view, and yeah. I mean, it, it feels kind of like sh- I shouldn't be listening to this, but I just find it so psychologically fascinating yeah. to mm. hear those conversations. What I, I found interesting, um, and there is a point to this. I watched, have you seen Chernobyl? Have you watched the uh, HBO? I need to. It, is, it is next on my list. Yeah, I know. No spoilers. It, okay. It's bad. Um, what? It's bad. I've heard it's no, amazing. Oh, no, it's no, amazing. As in it's a, in, in Chernobyl itself, the explosion, oh. Oh, the, yes. the, the oh, nuclear sorry. meltdown, <laughs> it's bad. I thought you were just being... I've heard great oh. things oh, no, about it. It's show. amazing. It's okay. amazing okay. TV. Okay. So watch the TV show, binge watched, what is it, five episodes, yeah. and then found the podcast ah. and listened to five hours worth of podcast interviews with the, 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 the guy that wrote it mm-hmm. um, in two days. So did five hours in two days, which you know, that's quite full on. Yeah. But the podcast added something. It kind of gave all the backstory mm-hmm. and how did you create this scene and how did you do that and why did you decide to include that and was that true and all of this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, if you've watched Chernobyl, then find the podcast. But that's mm-hmm. complementing another medium, an yeah, interesting way of... But again, bringing it to human conversations. You yeah. Know, that this amazing show that people love, you know, Netflix, it just makes it real. Yeah. So my, my one at the moment, I'm kind of quite into those kind of self-help, personal development oh, type things. you will things. love. Okay, I've got some for um, you too. So, yeah. yeah, but my one at the moment is a one called Squiggly Careers. Which Ooh. is all about the fact that our careers are all over the place now, yeah. and they don't yeah, yeah. kind of follow. Maybe one, you start in Canada. Tra- yeah, you start <laughs> yeah. in Canada. You go to the jazz <laughs> place. You watch one. You, you watch Notting Hill for half an hour. I know. Yeah. And, and you said one email, and, and all of a sudden you're British. And you're squiggly, and you're <laughs> British. And you're, uh, yeah. yeah. But no, then that's just all yeah. about uh, two ladies who started a uh, a company and they're talking about squiggly careers, and they just go mm-hmm. through different things in the workplace, everything from recruitment. It's amazing, really good, and they're sponsored, and they've got good advertisers, and they're. They're obviously yeah. doing very well. So they sold so out. Sponsors. Yeah, yeah, they've sold out. They're non authentic yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can probably wrap it up there, yeah. Rachel. Yeah. And um, we will let you get on with your evening. I'm yeah. sure you would love to con- we would love to continue the conversation, but it's it's been great to have you on. We do have some quick fire questions for yes. you. They're not as good as yours, and you've oh. probably seen them previously. But oh. I quite like them. Go for it. I quite like them. So we'd like So the first one. Uh, if you could place an ad across Facebook across the world for one day that everybody who's on Facebook would see what would it say and why okay I'm going to give a cheeky answer we like that it would say subscribe to what donors want (laughs) 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 on iTunes Spotify 
and SoundCloud. Oh, podcast, podcast uh, providers. Yeah, yeah you and uh, some bad yeah, ones. That's what I would say. I like it. <laughs> uh, question number two. Yeah. What is the one bit of advice that you've been given in your career that sticks with you? Mm-hmm. Never take a job that doesn't scare you. Ooh. Yeah. It's got me thinking a bit. Yeah. <laughs> squiggly careers. Squiggly, uh, careers. squiggly careers. That was given to me by Sarah, my mm-hmm. met manager, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. Housing Works. She, when I was considering moving to London for IG, I was like, I never met anyone in London. I no. met these people for one day. I don't know anyone. I'm yeah, moving across the world. When you talk about that, that's pretty terrifying. Like, it was yeah, terrifying. It across is. the Atlantic, and just to meet people you've met. Yeah. On your own as well? Like, on my own. Yeah. Completely on my own. I moved on a Thursday night. I started work on the Monday. I was wow. like jet lagged and... Yeah. Wow. What were flat. your first impressions of London, mother? Come oh. on, be honest. I loved it. Oh, I wouldn't have moved here. I didn't oh, okay. love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't come in like it was raining, it was windy, and no. it was horrible. There's no blue door in Notting Hill. No, no, no it was Stuck in Borough. But it yeah. was a bit like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. I was like, and I remember the day before I started IG, I was like, what, what am I doing? Is this even a real company? Yeah. And then I went and had the best first day I've ever had Did at a you? job. Oh, like, that's brilliant. It's amazing. Did but yeah, well. never take a job that doesn't scare you. It's uh, like that. If it's not scaring you, then it's not, you know, you're not in your stretch zone and you're not going to grow and yeah. learn from it. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so as, as a podcast that focuses around people doing more good, yeah. what's your favorite story of an ind- individual, an inspiring individual that you've maybe met on your journey who has done something good for others? Okay, for this one, I really do have to give a shout out to a colleague of mine at IG. Cool. Her name's Emily Collins Ellis. She is the goodest person that I know. And I know that's not a word, <laughs> but she is. She is working with her. I mean, she's a, she's a dear friend. I think I've never seen anyone live so firmly by their values in every decision that they make beyond, of course, you know, her job, which is has a social good purpose to it. But I, I remember her telling me a story. She used to work at a charity in Hackney. And on her walk to work from the overground to the office, she would pass a certain strip on the road where there were a bunch of homeless people. Mm. And she said that she always felt guilty that she didn't have enough change to give them. So she would go and take out money purposely for the use. And she made a budget line so that she could always have something in her hand when she was walking to work. Nice. I, like, She's the goodest person. She is the yeah. goodest yeah. person. That is the one tiny, tiny sliver of an example. I'm like, even at our strategy away day in January, we were in Brighton. It was cold and rainy and dark. It was like 10 p.m. We were mm. going to the train and we were needing to catch a cab and there was a homeless person and it was raining and she got out of the cab and ran to them to give them money. Really? And was like, you know what? We're not going anywhere until oh, I help this nice. person. And I know I've focused on two examples with homelessness, but she cares about a lot of different things. But <clears throat> I've just never met anyone who walks the walk as mu- much as she does. I think anyone who works with her and knows her would completely agree. She's just badass. Well, there's a good. shout out. There's yeah. a shout out. And yeah. a half. So what She's was her name again? Emily Collins Ellis. Emily the goodest of the good. Emily Collins Ellis. Yeah. She yeah. is going to get tagged into Twitter. She is. Yeah. yeah. She's, she uh, she makes everyone around her keep a better it, keep person. Keep it up. Mm-hmm. Keep up that good work. Nice. That's amazing. Well, look, yeah. Rachel, thank you so much. Oh, we really do you appreciate guys. your time. I think that was a good conversation. Yeah. I think one of the things I always take away from this is I just enjoy meeting new people. Totally. And you feel like after you've done a podcast that you've kind of shared something yeah. with somebody. And yeah. that's amazing. We've created Likewise. a bit of art. Definitely. There we yeah. go. There's the, there's the quote for the uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, yeah. Thank um, you, guys. It's been so fun. No Great worries. Stuff. Thank you. Right, James, let's... Uh, let's Skedaddle and get ourselves off to the gherkin. Nice one. All right. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Take care. So, James, just wrapped up another fantastic episode, if I don't say so myself. How did you find it? It's all right, wasn't it? (laughs) 
anyone wants to kind of follow up and actually enjoy this thing, where can they find us? Well, we're on Twitter, Kenneth, at Do More Good Pod. Instagram, at Do More Good Pod. Have we gone multi-channel and even gone to YouTube? We have, but you can find all those videos on the website, domoregood.uk. And if you want to contact us by email, please use contact at domoregood.uk. 